Welcome to Freedom Slave Podcast, where fempreneurs, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs come to fast track their success. If you're a millennial girl boss, listen, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the goods, because every week you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your business goals to create a life of time and financial freedom. I'm Ganette Jones, your host and Freedom Slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Hey, hey, welcome or welcome back to the Freedom Slay podcast. In this episode, we'll be diving deeply into the world of podcasting with my friend, Lene Green, who's the girl boss behind the Gold Standard brand and the host of the Apple podcast top rated show, the Gold Standard podcast, which was formerly the Glow Up podcast. And it's an interesting story as to why she changed. So we're going to get into that as well. But her Gold Standard podcast is for high achieving black women ready to make their boldest career move yet. As you know, podcasting is such a great way to provide value to your clients and potential clients while also demonstrating your knowledge and building up that no love and trust factor that's needed by any business. If you're curious about the benefits or ins and outs of the world of podcasting or how to monetize or even how to start and or even grow yours in a massive way, you're in the right place. If you've ever considered creating a podcast or already have one and you would like to improve it, you're also in the right place because Lene will be sharing some step-by-step must-knows to succeed today as a podcaster. From the many ways to monetize to her favorite tool for content creation around the podcast and also all about something she likes to call the Destiny's Child method for selecting guests to be on the podcast. You're going to learn about all of that in this episode. There's just so much media information, so let's just dive right in. Welcome, Lene. Hey, girl. Hey. Hi. Thank you for having me on. You are welcome. I'm excited to have you on. Can you give us like a little background about you, your business, and how and why you got to where you are today and got into podcasting? Sure. Yeah. I'll try to keep it brief because I love love talking about this. So originally from Bermuda, we're from the same place. Um, And where we grew up, you know, at least from my perspective, I felt like the job market was very traditional, right? You're either, you either work at a bank, you're a teacher, you're a firefighter or a lawyer or like doctor, like that was it. Um, but I always knew that I wanted to do something different and do something a little bit more. I was really like early on interested in like freedom and things that will allow me flexibility. I didn't like working nine to five per se. Like I didn't mind it, but I always liked being able to like have assignments and just like be able to do what I want and then get the assignments in when I wanted to. So I always knew even after college that I wanted a more flexible lifestyle, but that didn't necessarily mean that everything happened right away. I kind of took a, took a, a U-turn. So I did the whole traditional, like going to college, getting the good job, moving back to Bermuda And then I just remember being like super, super depressed because I just did not want to move back. I had lived at that point in like three different countries and I had seen a lot of the world. And I just felt like at that age, I wanted more than Bermuda was able to offer me in terms of like experiences and just like new, exciting adventures. So I put a plan together to move to Amsterdam. So I ended up moving to Amsterdam and working in tech for a while. And then I realized that, you know, I was probably the only person of color 
at my company, which is weird because a lot of people don't know that know this, but there's a lot of black people that live in Amsterdam. So I thought that was weird. And so I and a couple of other friends formed a community called Amsterdam Black Women. Um, and that was the first time that I realized how important community and support and networking is for me. And so throughout that process, I also always wanted to like have a side hustle. Like my dad instilled in me, like you need to have either a trade or a side hustle. Like he's, he's an EMT and he's also a full-time plumber. Like, so he has like uh, a, a job and then a business on the side. So it was always something that was like in the back of my mind. And so now that I had kind of gone to college, gotten a career, had more time in, in the Netherlands, you know, work-life balance is really important. So I had a lot of downtime. And so I started a business selling hair, which failed miserably. Like it was awful. <laughs> and most people don't know that, but yeah, I did terribly. So I stopped doing that. And then I started another business called Take Flight. And Take Flight was helping women of color to move abroad and have experiences abroad. And that failed like dramatically as well. I now realize what, what went wrong. Um, but at the time I couldn't figure it out. I didn't really know where to look for the information on how to get it. And so throughout that process, I started talking to women who were successful and I, it's successful in business. And I would ask them questions like, you know, how, how, how were you able to do it? Because I tried and I failed. And when I look at what you're doing, like you just so much further ahead than I am. And I'm just wondering, you know, what, what's the difference? And they would tell me like, oh, we're struggling too. This is not easy for anybody. Right. And so then that's when I realized like, okay, if I'm struggling with this, everyone else is probably also struggling with the same thing. So why not, you know, try and get my voice out there and get these, these stories out there of these black women trying to be successful in business and also in career and how they were able to make it happen. And that's how the glow up was it was previously called the glow up. That's how that was created from really just wanting to share these experiences that I had heard. And I also realized that I was a terrible blogger because I just, me and grammar were just not friends at all. So <laughs> it wouldn't work. And so I felt like, you know, podcasting was a great way to get my voice out there. Now at this time, I didn't really, it wasn't really monetizing. It was really just like, let's see if this works. Let's see if this picks up traction. And it, it did pick up traction like really, really early. And so I started putting a strategy together to monetize because one of the reasons why I wanted to start a business and why I felt like podcasting would work for me was because my fiance, who at the time was my boyfriend, he's in the military. So he has to like leave and be stationed in other places for work. So if we were to get married, I was already <laughs> planning this in my head, but if we were to get married... I would have to like pick up and move. And I didn't want to always have to search for a job when we moved to a new location. And I also wanted flexibility. I wanted the ability to work from home. I wanted the ability to make my own hours and create my own schedule and create my own like income streams. But it initially just started off as a way for me to get my voice out there and get the, these stories of Black women out there to the public so that everyone can see, you know, this is the blueprint that we've created for ourselves. Because other people don't have the same experiences. They don't have the same challenges as us. And so here's how we did it. And here's how you can do it too. Love it. Jeez, that was a whole lot to unpack, but it makes a whole <laughs> lot of sense how it happened, right? And I can mm -hmm. attest that there are a lot of Black people in Amsterdam. I love Amsterdam. And yeah, we saw tons when we were out there. Just for those of you who are listening, who aren't from Bermuda or aren't familiar with Bermuda, that is where we're both from. You know, that's where I'm from. That's where Renee's from as well. And just so you understand why she was saying, you know, it felt like she was trapped, really. There wasn't the opportunity she was seeking and things like that. It's not that Bermuda is some like 
wanky dank island that don't have anything right that's not the case mm -hmm. at all what it is is that bermuda is really small so you can get like cabin fever really fast so yes. god bless all of them that are on lockdown right now in bermuda it's sixty-five thousand people well i think it's more like sixty-three thousand, according to the last census but it's sixty-three thousand, twenty-one square miles like you're looking at a really small island and when you have a small island with you know people and it's for the island size you know it's relatively mm -hmm. popular pretty populated that means the opportunities for jobs and things are less and there is an island mentality as it relates to and i think this is any small town or any country mm -hmm. really everyone has even i guess even if you're in a big city people still have a view of what the traditional view of success looks like so mm -hmm. school you know do this do that do that so yeah i i agree with you 100 with that i could see how you coming back did that and we were also both exchange students at the same time yeah. living in venezuela in two different areas where were you anyway Lene? which part i was in tachida so tachida is um it's a, uh, a like a what do you call it? Like a farm state. So they do a lot of like cattle farming and stuff like that. And it's on the border between Venezuela and Colombia. And actually my host family. So the host family is like the family that you live with while you're there. They were Colombian. So we used to travel every weekend to go to Colombia to like go shopping, grocery stores, go to the movies and stuff like that, go to church. So it was pretty cool. So I got the opportunity to not only experience like Venezuela, but I, I went to Colombia quite a bit as well. So it was really cool. I know you were in, um, Maracaibo. Maracaibo, yeah. So bless you being in a um, farm, <laughs> farm state. Girl, it was so... Maracaibo yeah, was, is, yeah, the second largest city. So it was... A city, it was city life, but you, it's interesting. I now need to look at a map of Venezuela because I was also bordering Colombia. Marco okay. is still in the border of Colombia, which is how that whole crazy story of the corrupt cops coming across the border and who yes. went. So I need to see how close we were to each other then. Yeah, I I'm think sure we it was were more still... south. I think we okay. were more southeast, okay. southwest than yeah. you, and you are a little bit more north, like on, not on the coast, but close to the, close to the coast. We were like, Oh yeah, so we were all the, we were many hours apart then. Yeah, and <laughs> okay. and I was in the mountains as well. Like and that was a very unique experience again being the only black person in that circle. It's like a um, cycle. Um but I just wanted to quickly mention about what everything you said about Bermuda was right, right? And there were for me at least, you know, I felt guilty because my parents instilled in me um the traditional kind of success map which was you know go to college come back home get the good job and I did that and I was making like a lot of money after college and I felt guilty because it's like well, this is what everybody told you success is but I just hated it and it took me a while to realize like you can make the definition of success whatever you want to make it you know hello hi hello hi <laughs> you know and it's it's funny because i've been pretty i wouldn't say stubborn but i've been strong-willed my entire life so mm -hmm. i knew even when i was in high school while at first because you do get brainwashed right at first when i i wouldn't even say high school more like middle school beginning of high school i was very much like i want to be a lawyer girl i spent mm -hmm. one summer at a law firm like yeah this ain't for me love to read <laughs> but this ain't it this ain't it yeah so it's easy to get caught up on that and i'm glad you know, we were able to see past it and really yeah. see something that was 
good for us. And you mentioned she takes flight. I remember that business. I definitely didn't know about the hair business, but I do remember you having the other business. So I love to see the evolution of Lene. Amazing. Okay, cool. (laughs) And I know you started in September, 2018. And in a Mm -hmm. short amount of time, you know, your podcast, like you mentioned, got lots and lots of traction. So what would you say has been the number one reason behind all of this? Um, So I think there's like two main reasons. The first reason is I, I knew what my audience wanted and I knew how to, how to deliver it. So I, I knew that they, that exactly where they are, because I did a lot of market research and I knew that they were in a place where they were struggling to, you know, move in terms of crossword. I was also in my target demographic. So I kind of just thought about myself, right? Like you're in a place where everyone's telling you to go to college, get the good job, get married, retire and die. Like that's your life. And you realize after you've done it, after you followed these instructions that you have this level of success, but it, your definition is now changed. Now you're starting to think for yourself and starting to realize like you want something different. And I knew that that's exactly where my target audience was mentally. So I knew that in order to impact them, in order to help them move forward, I would have to add value that helps take them from there to where they want to be, right? So, and and not even just like step one, step two, step three, but more of the community aspect and letting them know that, hey, you're not alone. Here's a bunch of people that have gone through the same challenges as you. Here's their story. And if they can do it, you can do it as well. So I just kind of really focused on what is it that my audience, where is my audience right now? What is it that they need and how can I provide that? And then, I, like I said, there's another thing that I did, which I think a lot, this is the reason why a lot of podcasts don't do as well. I was consistent. Like I was releasing episodes every week or every other week. I was posting on social media at least once or twice a day. I was analyzing the data, looking to see what worked, what didn't work, and was just kind of like on a mission to make this happen, which means that, you know, consistency was key. Okay. Mm-hmm. it's So with this, right, I... I need to stop and mention to everybody that's listening, this is why it's important for you not to discount your past experiences. Because what Lene said just now, lets me know just from her mentioning, she said one word in it, and it was able to tie back to what she said earlier. And that was the community aspect. And that's Mm. something she did at the very beginning, soon as she got into Amsterdam and figured, you know, I need to find people who are like-minded, who can gather around and build this community. So these experiences, and even the experiences from selling here and she takes flight, I'm sure you were able to utilize those. And that's how you know how, Mm -hmm. like you started this, when I say this, meaning the podcast, you started it from the right spot, right? So you did your market research. You knew what your audience wanted, who your audience was, and all the important things to begin with. And a lot of people skip all of that part, mm-hmm. the fundamental bits, because they're thrown in and they discount what they learned in the past because they figure it all must not work because it failed. So let me throw it all away. And you were mm-hmm. able to say, no, there were some things that worked and there were some things that were wrong. And let me take what did work and build this business. So good on you, girl. Thank you. Yeah. And I I think I remember you talking about that in an episode recently about like figuring out the demographics, like the reels and the feels like that goes across the board, especially when it comes to podcasting. For sure. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you guys, the reels and the feels is what you're doing to look for your audience, right? So the demographics and the psychographics, and it's important for you to understand the reels. So where are they physically, where are they located? What do they do for a living? Like your demographics, how old are they? Maybe what they look like, you know, that kind of stuff. But then the feels 
are the things that you can't touch? You know, what are they mm-hmm. looking up online? What are the things that they desire? What keeps them up at night? So all of those things are important for you to know. And because Lene knew this stuff, and then on top of that, she was doing the important thing of providing this valuable information that got them from point A to point B on a consistent basis, and then turning around and analyzing that data, also important, then she was able to create this traction. So I hope you're keeping up because she's dropping some gems without even probably <laughs> realizing it right now. Amazing. <laughs> and podcasting is such a powerful tool to connect you with your audience. Like, why do you, I know why I think it's powerful, but why do you think it's so powerful? Yeah. I, so the reason why I think it's so powerful, especially for millennials or like young, just young people in general, tech savvy people, is because it's so easy to consume it. Um, when When you think about, other mediums like blogs or articles, right? Like you have to like literally sit down in front of a computer and read it. When it comes to YouTube videos, you have to sit down and watch it, right? So there's a, a whole element of um, ad- additional listening time and con- uh, content consuming time that these mediums won't allow for. For example, I think 50% of podcast listeners listen outside of the home. So that's when they're at work, when they're driving to work, when they're at the gym, right? When they're just out and about doing grocery shopping. And even when they're at home, a lot of people listen to podcasts when they're like cleaning up, washing dishes, like all sorts of things. So it's it's a way for for your audience to consume your information and for you to add value without your audience having to pause what they're doing and just kind of take it in all at once. And I think that's what makes it so powerful because you can reach people uh, more often. Yeah, for sure. And I, I agree with all of that 100%. And Mm -hmm. if you just think, I'm sure you're a podcast consumer, you have to be as a podcaster, right? I think it's important that no matter what medium you're on, you're consuming content from that medium. Even if you're writing a book, which is completely different, but work with me. If you're writing (laughs) a book, you need to read in that genre because that's what helps make you a better writer, right? What helps you make you a better author. And it's the same with the podcast and you learn what you like, what you don't like. And because Lene I just hit my mic. So hopefully you guys didn't hear that because (laughs) Lene, my hands start going when I'm into it because Lene takes in podcasts because she's consuming podcasts. Then, you know, she knows where they're listening to it. Right. And you can look it up too, but I know for sure when you were saying, you know, when you're home and you're listening to it, you're doing all the stuff. My head was nodding. Like, even if it yeah. means while I'm listening to a podcast, I'm playing Word with Friends. If you guys are there, add me again at the April for more. But Word with Friends, which is like Scrabble. It's the only game I play on my phone. I, yeah. Anyway, I feel like it sharpens my brain. So, you know, because that's what I'll be doing, or I'll be, like Lene said, cleaning up, or I do something else, folding clothes. I'm doing something while I'm consuming the podcast, and it's super easy for someone to take in the podcast. And Mm. I feel you with the YouTube videos, love them to pieces. I like YouTube as well, but lately I haven't necessarily been looking at them because most times it's just talking heads to the screen anyway, right? So I don't look, I just listen. And that's why podcasting is so powerful. I love podcasting. Anyway, and you're able to also, and you're able to also give people takeaways in a succinct amount of time too, you know, Mm -hmm. because I mean, some podcasts go on for hours, but anyways that's different yeah and just to add add to that like I I like I said I try to start a blog and it did not work because I don't have the time to write a thousand word like blog post and then get it edited and then put it out right it just for me it was a struggle and I think that podcasting for a lot of people who don't like to write or who don't want to put on makeup every day and do their hair every day and to to record videos don't want to have to purchase lighting like you can still 
make a difference, you can still have your voice heard and, you know, grow your audience through your thoughts, through your connections, through your network, through podcasting. I am not in my head right now because the whole getting, not necessarily the makeup thing, because even on my YouTube channel, I never wear makeup. I have lipstick maybe sometimes, but I don't wear right. makeup. But it was the whole idea of having to get ready. Like you have to, oh man, you wore that shirt last video. Let me change this. Or, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just work, the unnecessary work, right? And I like to write. So it wouldn't even be the blogging thing for me. And mm. blogging does have, I mean, most people are skimmers right now anyway, but blogging does definitely help with search engines to find your site and recommend your site for different things. So it has its place, but it's not easily as consumable. And a lot of people either, like I said, are skimming or maybe they're bookmarking the page and never get back to it or open a tab. I know, you know, I've, I'm guilty of this many times. I'm like, Oh, I need to read this. And then I leave the tab open on my phone and I can't tell you when I go back to it. It's usually when I'm clearing my tabs and I don't go back and read it. I just clear it. Cause at that point I'm over it. So I, <laughs> I agree 100% like podcasting is where it's at. So yeah. that I have a podcasting expert on here. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people think that podcasting is some quick way to make money. So can you let us know what your views on this is? Yeah, I don't think it's a quick way to make money at all. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you don't have an audience. Maybe if you had an audience already, it may, uh, it, you may be able to monetize it faster. But then, you know, that, but that's all that podcasting is, right? It's a platform for you to grow an audience, grow a community, and to be able to serve them, whether it's through paid products or it's through sponsors or it's through free content that you give away, right? It's just a platform. So I personally think when you're creating a platform, you shouldn't try to monetize it right away. You should try to get to know your your uh, target audience, right? Like through episodes, which episodes do they like? Which episodes do they not like? How, how often are they listening? Which sponsors are they connected with on other podcasts, right? So it's just about getting to know who your audience is before you try to monetize it. I think that's across the board when it comes to growing your, uh, growing your audience, unless you already have a product or service in place. So when I started my podcast, the first six months, I didn't worry about monetizing at all. I worried about, like I said, growing my audience, making sure that I was able to be consistent, getting the whole process of podcasting down. Like how long does it take me to get my episodes edited? How long is it going to take me to upload it? How long is it going to take me to like create the promo material and promote, like really just figuring out the process of it. Uh, And one of the reasons why I'm glad I did that is because not only do I know my audience better, but once I switched to monetizing it, my focus became on monetizing and less on creating great content. But now it's so ingrained in me because I spent six months figuring out what they wanted. That I had a formula. I had a process in place. So I don't have to think too hard on what kind of content they want because I know those answers. And I can focus on ways to monetize. I think if we focus on monetizing too early, we lose the focus on creating great content for our audience. And we start focusing on how can we make money, right? Exactly. And I just think if you want to create great content, Spend time figuring that out first and then monetize it. 100%. And even more so, like I agree with you talking about as well, having that audience already, it makes a difference. And a lot of times, if you already have a large audience, it's already because they're finding some type of value in what you're providing anyway, whether that's, exactly, you know, 
on a blog post on social media, like whatever it is that you're providing value, they've already gotten that time to warm up to you. Right. So the problem is a lot of people from the very beginning, whether it's a YouTube channel, whether it's a podcast, whatever, even a blog, they're like, Oh, let me figure out a way to monetize it. And one of the things, like you said, they're losing their train of thought and focus on how they can provide value and what that person actually wants because they're so focused on figuring out ways to make money off of that person that's consuming the content but they, they don't even know if they trust you yet, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Tuning into your podcast and they know your podcast is new. So usually at the beginning of anything, you're not that great. Like if like at the beginning of anything, you go back to my old YouTube videos, the trash, right? Not that the new ones <laughs> yeah, are, are amazing, but the first ones you're like, oh man, cringy. So usually at that time, you're not that hot anyway. So mm-hmm. to be trying to sell when you're not even at your best is back. So it's always about figuring out who your audience is, what they want, what they like most, because it may be five things they like, but what's the thing that's really giving them the most value? Mm -hmm. And from there, ensuring that you've built up that relationship, that no love and trust, you know, with your audience. And you're able to figure out a way that you don't want to just monetize anyway, either, right? You want to figure out what would be the best way to monetize that can also provide them value because it's never about taking money from somebody just to take money from it. You're trying exactly you know, you're trying to solve a problem in the process. So I love that. So what are some well, actually I know you have a course helping aspiring podcasters to get their best podcast life out there and together. So tell us a bit about that. Like, what is this course and what is all about? Yeah. So that's a great question. So there's a lot of podcast course courses out there, but what podcast to purpose does is it helps creators and um, experts create a podcast to help them grow their brand and grow their business. So it's not just about, Hey, do you want to start a podcast? Come on and, and we'll help you start a podcast. It's about helping women, to be honest, and and some men, but mostly women to get their voice out there so that they can then grow whatever business it is that they want to create. Because I mean, I think about it this way. Podcasting takes time. It takes energy. And so a lot of people are not just podcasting, just a podcast, right? Like you want to grow it into something or you want to add it to an already growing brand to help it grow faster. Or you do want to end up, you know, start starting a business or growing your business. And podcasting is a great platform. It's a microphone to your business or your brand. So what the Podcast to Purpose program does is it, it walks you through the process of starting your podcast. But what it also does is it takes it another step in terms of like brand building, telling your story, how to be consistent, how to continue to get engaged and communicate with your audience so you know exactly what they want from you, from paid products to sponsorships to free value that you're giving on your show. It goes through that entire process. And at the end, there's also a segment on how to monetize your podcast. So I go through a few of the different ways that you can actually monetize your podcast. And what I'm seeing is that a lot of the people in the course, a lot of my students are not only able to create a podcast, but they're actually starting to grow a brand. So it's, I would say it's a combo course between like the technical part of creating a podcast, but also like, okay, I created a podcast. Now what? Now it's time to focus on growing your brand and using your podcast as a microphone, which I think is really, really a key part of it. Right? And I think that's one of the things that are, I've seen missing from a lot of these podcasting um, courses, which obviously everyone caters to a different audience. But when I was starting out, I took podcasting courses. I, I hired coaches to help me. And that was one of the things that I realized. So I kind of took a bunch of things that I learned from a bunch of different sources and combined it and then created this program, which 
which helped me to be able to start my podcast and then monetize it sponsor free. And I want to help other people do the same thing. Awesome. My question, I guess, is, well, first, before we, I even ask that question is, is it an evergreen program or is it something that you're taking people through, through like launches? Like, do they have to sign up at a particular time or is it something they can go on your website at any time and sign up? So it is evergreen. So you can actually start whenever it works for you. And I find that, you know, in, in today's society, we're, we're pretty busy. And so I found that that was the most useful way to allow people to go through the process on their own. So as soon as you register, as soon as you sign up for the course, you're able to start right away and you don't have to necessarily wait uh, on the different lessons. So I've, I've done it that way before where it's like a cohort and we walk them through from session one, which was creating your concept up until session eight, which is like monetizing. But I, what I realized was that everyone has a different lifestyle and everyone is not going to be able to release their podcast episodes on the same day. So what happens is when you sign up, you get immediate access and you can go at your own pace. Uh, and then there is a live element where we meet every week and every week you can come on and ask questions about, you know, what's happening with your podcast, anything you're struggling with, anything in the course um, and things even outside of the course that you're struggling with. And then there's also implementation sessions because I realized that this is one of the most difficult parts of podcasting is how to figure out how to get your podcast on iTunes. What is a host, a podcast host? Why do I need one? All of these things. And I think that kind of holds people back from starting. So these implementation sessions every other week are a way for you to not have to even think about doing it yourself. You literally come on and then we walk you through the steps to get your podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, and on Stitcher. Cool. The technical part can be a bit of a headache if you're not doing all your research. But I do love that you are incorporating the bit that's super important when you're creating a podcast, which is the brand building element. Like you said, people are doing it with a bigger purpose in mind. They have, Mm -hmm. maybe not, they don't know the end goal, but they know that they're doing it to create something bigger, whether it's a community, whether it's a big business, they want to support or they want to use it to support their existing business. It's always another thing tied into a podcast as well. Maybe it's another outlet for them to provide massive value to their audience so they're growing and building and you know harnessing that audience. So it's so important that you do have that other element of it, not just the technical piece. I ended mm-hmm. up, I did a podcasting course too. So we're a lot of like, we're, about, mm-hmm. we're similar <laughs> in a lot of elements, right? Yes. So so many things you're saying, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. as soon as I, I wanted to I wanted to do a podcast. Actually, you may not even know this. People have been asking me to do podcasts forever. But it's when you said to me one day, you're like, could you just start a podcast already? I think you said, you're like, yeah, I think it was like on Instagram (laughs) stories or whatever. And you're like, yeah, like, no. So I'm like, what? It was also after we recorded your podcast episode on my podcast. And I was like, why do you not have one? Listen, listen, (laughs) listen. So where can they find that that course, the Evergreen, is that at the gold-standard.com as well? Yeah. So the, the course is actually uh, application only. And the only way that you can actually get into the course is by taking uh, the podcast masterclass, which basically makes, it, it kind of does two things. So it helps me because I only want to work with people who are really committed to starting and growing their podcasts. And so it's a way for us to see we're going to work well together because I'm giving you free information on how to actually grow your brand through podcasting. And then afterwards, you can decide if you want to continue on and then go through the application process. And then once you get through the application process, 
then you know you're sent the link and and then you can join the course and so i will send the information to you but it is on the goldstandard.com sure i'll have the master class link in the show notes and i appreciate oh i love i I'm, I'm loving all of this stuff you're saying right now right <laughs> and i really do appreciate that you have those implementation course on what are they lives i guess where you're talking to people and you know walking them through all the things and you have those weekly sessions with them that's something mm-hmm. that i haven't seen in any other podcasting course and i'm not just like blowing wind anywhere because she's a podcast guys i'm telling you i <laughs> when i started oh i lost my train of thought so when i was like okay Lene told me to do this podcast let me do this podcast let me google the podcast right who do i listen to all that kind of stuff i ended up grabbing a course a really good course jana kutcher had a course and she has like millions of downloads or whatever so i was like you yes. know what let me um let me take her course and it was a lot of really great information so i got all the technical pieces i mean luckily i already had my business up and running so i knew the brand elements of it already but it was missing those key pieces and it also didn't have the live sessions either probably wouldn't attend it because that's just how my brain set up i'm like okay i'm set this up i took i literally consumed it all in like a weekend and then i'm like okay monday i'm starting so (laughs) my brain works a lot (laughs) different but i know that there are people majority of the people need to have a bit of handholding and they need someone there that can they can ask questions like i didn't care if i didn't speak to jenna right but Mm -hmm. most people need someone to hold their hand especially when they're at the beginning of the journey and they really don't know where to start so this is such a great course you guys so definitely i'm going to have the masterclass link below so this course sounds amazing (laughs) so what thank you yeah i I really do think it's it's definitely necessary okay i wanted to pause really quickly to say lene's course was not out at the time i started my podcast i would have definitely did that one instead of the what I did but yeah back to it and I know we have some shared clients now because one of uh, one of the ladies who took my cubicle ditch academy is in your podcasting course which is awesome I love that yeah shout out to Terry I think her podcast the sovereign life is I think it's launched so definitely check out the sovereign life podcast if you can another quick pause because you might have heard Lene say I think it's launched and that's because when we recorded this it hadn't yet launched but she knew it was launching May 1st so it is out the sovereign life podcast with Terry very too cool. And this podcast is for those who are trying to get their financial life in order. So if that is you, then you should check it out. So what are some of the main ways you'd like to teach people to make money off of podcasting? Like which ones do you personally do? I know you said you don't use sponsors. So someone listening to this may be saying, well, if you don't use sponsors, then what does she do? Because some people can't wrap their head around having a podcast or monetizing a podcast without a sponsor, just like they can't wrap their head around making money off YouTube without it being ads. So let them know, you know, that kind of thing. We'll be back after a quick break. Money is all around us and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it? And what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. That's a great question because I think even when I started podcasting, I thought that sponsorships was the only way that I could monetize it. But actually sponsorships, the reason why I actually prefer to to not teach sponsorships uh, in my program is because 
you're relying on someone else to give you the okay to make money. And I just think that, you know, if these company budgets change, like, you know, what ha- the situation with, you know, coronavirus previously, their budgets changed or they changed throughout the seasons. Maybe Christmas is really big, but then January, February, it dries up. And so your income is affected by that. And, and so that's one of the reasons why I think that sponsorships are nice, but they shouldn't be like the, the end all be all. And also the only way to get sponsorship these days is by having like thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads. And I personally don't think that you need to have thousands of downloads to start making money from your podcast. The first time I made money from my podcast, I had 8,000 downloads. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I would have waited for sponsors, I probably would still be waiting. (laughs) So I have five real ways that I tell people like, you know, these make sense. And if you're, if you join the masterclass, you'll learn about these five ways as well. But the first one is affiliate marketing. So if there is something within your niche that your audience would really like to hear, like, let's say you have a podcast on, um, let's say sneakers, I don't know, sneakers, and you can have an affiliate with Amazon that, you know, you give people a link to your Amazon store with all sorts of sneakers in there. And every time they make a purchase, you make some money off of it, right? Um, Or let's say you have a podcast about online marketing and then you have Squarespace affiliate link or you have an affiliate link to Salfi, which is like a digital product store, right? So you're earning money every time people sign up for these things. And so I think that's a great way to be able to bring money in without having to do a lot of work. You're literally just promoting things that you're already using. So that's one of the, the best ways to earn money from podcasting. Another is consultations. So I work with a lot of podcasters who have something to give, who have something to teach or share. So like therapists or finance experts or mental health experts, things like that. Right. And so consultations is another great way to make money from podcasts. So let's say you have a podcast on nutrition and you talk about, you know, ways to eat healthy or different meals that people can do. You can literally do a one hour consultation and just talk to someone about their lifestyle, about their health goals and create a specialized meal plan for them and give them a consultation on everything that they need, customize it. And there you go. That's a a product that you can sell. Or maybe you have a a podcast about finance, right? So you can create a one hour consultation and help people to work out how they're going to reduce their debt or things like that, right? So consultations are really, really useful when it comes to podcasting, comes to generating income, because you can use your podcast as like a way to add credibility create a whole episode on the five steps to reduce debt, right? And then after that, tell your audience, if you want more information or if you want a personalized plan to reduce your debt, sign up here and I'll talk to you for an hour and we can come up with your personalized plan. That's a great way. It's a great lead magnet. It really is. And then another one is merch. So bags, shirts, uh, hats, coffee mugs, journals, pens, anything that relates to, you know, what your audience wants from you, like your niche and what your audience wants. I find that unless your podcast is like super, super popular, using things like your tagline or like your audience's group name, like Jenna Kutcher, I think she has like the gold digger, you know, versus the name of the podcast really helps to sell the merch more. So like, instead of having like the gold standard, I'd have like live your best life on a shirt or something like that. Right. So those are really good ways to, to earn money as well through merch and then events. So live brunches or conferences or um, virtual conferences, right? So Uh, things that you can get people together and then either charge them for a replay if it's virtual or charge them for a space to get the information that you're giving them or just connect with like-minded people, right? I think that's a really, really good way. And like I said, brunches or conferences or retreats 
or just these live events where people are coming together in person to take part of something like live, even like a live podcast event. Those are really good ways to make money. And then the last one is my most favorite and that's digital products. So that's basically a combination of like the virtual events slash consultations where you're like creating something like a guide or uh, cheat sheets or a masterclass or a course that you can give to your audience to allow them to you know consume it and you can give it to them and you can set it up in a way that you don't have to be present and that everything is happening automatically without you being much involved and then using the podcast as a platform to be able to sell those things so for me that's how i monetize a lot of things that i've done through like virtual summits through the courses through master classes through ebooks and different things like that it's really not as difficult as it seems to get set up and it's very, very hands-off. People get immediate help, immediate support, immediate access to whatever it is that you're selling and they don't have to wait. And so I think that's a really, really strong way to monetize your podcast. It's my favorite way. Girl, I'm here nodding my head like a rock star. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And the first thing you said, my head was going when you were saying, you know, you don't want to be dependent on someone else and their schedule and their budget in order to make money, right? You never want that to be your only option for making money. So I do love that you focus on so many of the other ways that you can monetize because that's real, right? You don't want yeah. to help. Look, I always say like, sis, don't depend on anybody else to find your wallet like this is you you have to put yourself on and you have to be able to depend on yourself like because if you're dependent solely and there are people that depend solely on sponsorships but if you do understand that you're still working for the man right you're still dependent on someone else to get you that bag mm -mm, so secure it yourself so yes, i like that you had exactly. all the other ways and what you shared are ways that people with smaller audiences can begin to monetize, especially the consultations. Because yeah. like a Jana Kutcher, do you think she could ever know? She'd never be able to go on her podcast and say, hey, you know, I have, a, I have well, she could do it, but then it will be booked in like 0.5 seconds. Exactly. Because she has literally, I think it's like millions of dollars a month, right? But yeah. if you, have, <laughs> you can have, let's say 100 people listen to your podcast an episode. If you have 100 mm -hmm. people listen to your podcast an episode, if two of those people take you up on that offer every time you know when they listen to it then you've been able even one person you've been able to monetize it so i love exactly. that and for those of you who are listening to this podcast right now and have been listening to the podcast and listen to other episodes you may have noticed that i've incorporated some of these ones into what i do so like the affiliate marketing i had one about my favorite business books and i had the links below for the books those were amazon affiliate links right mm. when a bufafana was on here you know i had the affiliate link for his course, mm -hmm. it's what is it? Power, power your launch course. Power your you know, launch, yeah. And digital products, you all know, is my favorite anyway, because that's yes. what I'm always sharing on here. So the digital project products, but that could be for you guys, that could be anything. If you don't, you might be sitting here like, oh, I don't have a e-course ready or I don't have any of these things. Sis, it could be a PDF. It could be a PDF that's giving someone information that they need. If you yeah. are a programmer and someone needs to figure out how to, I don't even, programming was a terrible example because I know nothing about programming, but let's say, let's work with it. <laughs> let's let's say, go with it. You, let's go with it. Let's say you had to debug it. I don't even know if you could debug a program, whatever, work with me. If you are teaching someone how to fix someone hacking their system, let's say, 
and they hack their system and they're like, okay, these are the four steps, four simple steps you can do to quickly remedy this issue. It's in a PDF form, 25 bucks, go grab it. 50 bucks, go grab it. Like I don't worry about the price point. You guys know how I feel about price point, right? Mm-hmm. So the price point is all about the value you're providing, your audience, like all, it's so many things go into that. That could be a separate episode. But the point is you have a PDF and you can sell it. Like it doesn't, a lot of times we overcomplicate the matter. You can have an ebook, right? Though I find with ebooks, you do have to have really large audiences in order to start seeing big traction because ebooks mm-hmm. tend to be small ticket items. But yeah, I loved all of those suggestions, girl. You had mentioned affiliate, consultation, merch, events, digital products, all the things. So love, love, love that. And okay, so what about someone who's listening to this right now and maybe like, okay, they're thinking about starting one. What's the first three things that they need to do? That's a great question. Um, So the first three things that I think they need to do is the first thing is they need to be really clear on what they want their show topic to be. So a lot of people are like, oh, I want to talk about this and that. And then you have a conversation with them and you're like, okay, well, can you come up with 50 episode topics on that? And they draw a blank. And it's like, that's not what you're supposed to talk about. If, if it's not something that you can talk about consistently for 50 episodes or not something you can talk about every week for like the next two years, there's no point in talking about that topic because what's going to happen is you're going to start your podcast and then three weeks in, you're going to be like, okay, I don't know what to talk about now. Then you just wasted time and money on the, the expensive mic, right? So the first thing to do is figure out your topic and see if you can come up with 50 show concepts or if you know that this is something that you can talk about every week for two years. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is to validate your concept. So you want to talk to like at least 10 people who are in your target market, right? Just sit down with them and ask them questions about where they are, how, what they need, what they're looking for, and how your podcast can add value. And it doesn't have to mean like you're always teaching, right? It could just mean like you're adding value by giving them an escape. So for example, The Read is my favorite podcast, right? And I don't really learn anything. Well, I do learn things on The Read, but the reason why I listen to it is because I want to escape for two hours and that's the value that they're providing me, right? So then you want to think, just ask them, you know, what they need and figure out how you can provide value to your audience, right? And then the third thing that you want to do is to be consistent. So like I said, once you figured out like who your topic is for once you figured out what your audience wants to hear from you then it's time to like accept and just dedicate yourself to the fact that you're going to be doing this for a while and you're going to be doing this every week for the next little while there's no point in starting a podcast if you're just gonna like quit after six months it's too much work to to do it that way so i would say that those are the, the three things that you need to do when you're first starting a podcast jams upon jams upon jams okay (laughs) let's rewind real quick first of all you had mentioned the 50 episodes that's so yeah so important and such a great example of what they need to be thinking about when they're starting a podcast like can you sis can you really talk about this about 50 times in 50 different ways at Mm -hmm. least right to begin with and it reminds me of a podcast episode I had with Elise Archer, who's a brand strategist for celebrities. And one of the things she was saying is what she does is figure out 52 questions that, and this isn't for a podcast. She was just talking about content period, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. for social, whether mm-hmm. it's for whatever, but 52 questions that people ask her that she thinks her audience will want to know the answer for. And from mm-hmm. those 52 questions, she's able to create that content 
for each week of the year. It's 52 yeah. weeks a year, right? So it's a way that you look at it, which I think is so important. So I'm glad you made that clear. Like, listen, it's not something you're interested today about, right? You don't want to yes. create something about something, well, I mean, something specific in pop culture, let's say, that can change tomorrow when the next hot thing comes out. You could do it about pop culture in general, but that yes. one thing it limits you, right? So it does. So I really did like that. And you mentioned the escape real quick. I want to talk about that. A lot of times people think value only means that you're learning, right? Like what you said. And comedy allows you to not just escape, but it provides entertainment. Entertainment is value, right? That's why people go to the movies. That's why people are listening a lot of times to music because they're entertained. They enjoy it. They can dance. They can wiggle the behind. So because of that, it's important for us to realize that there are many ways that you could provide value, not just with learning. There There are so many ways. So I love that you did explain that it didn't have to be teach me something. So I did like that. And then you mentioned the importance of validation. Well, that, that didn't even sound right. But the importance of having your <laughs> ideas validated, right? So yes. sure that someone can, can tell you, listen, I want that or I don't want that. Someone who you think is your target audience. And make sure you're not asking your friends or family because they're gonna, it's going to be either two things, right? One, they're going to be either overly critical or two, they're going to tell you that it's amazing and it's not. But the yes. reality is your friends and family often aren't your audience. So it's important that you're reaching out to people who are outside of that group. So I love that. And the last thing is being consistent and the importance, like obviously you want to ensure that you have that podcast. Like the first time I dropped three episodes to begin with, because I'm like, I don't want someone just to see one there. I want three up, right? But with that, I think it's important that you're consistent because people see the last time you went on, even for me right now, like I'm about to write an article for Black Enterprise. And when I go, I'm searching for podcasts and even podcasts I like that I haven't listened to for a while. I go to check and I'm like, you haven't posted in over a month and a half. Like I'm not putting yeah. them there, you know, because I don't know when you're going to post again. I don't know when you're exactly. going to upload again. And because of that, I can't trust you. And this goes back to when you are ready to monetize, you know, what is your end goal with that podcast? When you're ready to monetize, it's going to be a bit more difficult, not even a bit. It's going to be more difficult because people aren't going to be able to necessarily trust you as well as they would have been able to mm-hmm. if you're providing them this value, whatever that value looks like on a consistent basis. Exactly. And especially for podcasts like The Read, which is entertainment, because those ones tend to be merch as well as sponsorships, right? And sponsors want to see those numbers. They want to see those tens of thousands of downloads unless it's a super niche audience, which is important as well, but they still want to see those consistent downloads on a monthly basis on your podcasts, right? Or per episode. So I, I loved all of those three steps and I think they're important. Oh, I'm excited. So so now let's <laughs> say too. the podcast, they did those three things. Like they nailed them. They figured out the 50 episodes they wanted to do. They validated that idea and they're consistent. They're being consistent. Now, once the podcast is live, what are the most important things you think podcasters should be focusing on? Oh, that's a great question. So I want to say consistency again, but I think we've dr- driven the point home. So I'm going to let it, I'm going to let you guys off a little bit easier. But um, so I think that what they need to do is continuously promote the podcast in different ways. So create content around what it is that you want to build and what you want to focus on. So I like to promote my one episode three different ways. So I'll add like a snippet where they can like visualize and like hear a piece of the episode. And then I'll add a post with some text at the top, which talks about like, you know, what's the specific 
topic of the podcast and then I'll add a, a guest quote if they say something really powerful. So that's like three different ways that you're promoting it, right? So you can keep your audience engaged. Go on Instagram live and talk a little bit about the episodes. Share the episodes in your stories. Share some behind the scenes, right? And just kind of give back to your community by engaging with them and asking them questions and being present and showing up and showing who you are, right? So I think it's really important that, you know, you're not going to get numbers. You're not going to grow unless you're engaging, right? And not only just promoting the show, but also going out and finding where your audience is hanging out online, right? So I like to to use the example of Instagram being like a way for you to like hand out business cards if you were in person, right? So you need to go find people to hand your business card to on Instagram. Like whose accounts are they following? Or on Facebook, what Facebook groups are, is your audience in that you can go into and like join in on the conversation? It's not about taking over the conversation. It's about joining in on the conversation and commenting and just kind of adding value and engaging. So I think that's really, really, really important. Another thing that's really important is guests. So people don't realize it, but having guests on your show is a great way for you to grow your audience. And that's one of the things that I learned really, really early on is I knew that I needed to get guests that had a bigger following than me, but there's a, there's a formula to it. So I like to call it the destiny's child method. Trust me, I'm going to go somewhere with this. Trust me. So the way that you grow your podcast is by the Destiny's Child method. And you have obviously Beyonce, Kelly and Michelle, right? Beyonce, she's huge. So if you have like a Beyonce guest for whatever your industry is, like the Beyonce of your industry, that's huge. Your audience is going to be like, oh my God, she has that person on there that it validates you as an expert and it, it links you with that person, right? So you look like bigger than life. You look like a thought leader, like someone that's respected in your industry. So it looks well on you and on your brand. But Beyonce guests are not great for building your show. Why? Because they don't necessarily need to be on your podcast and low key, they're on your podcast out of charity. Like they just feel like they have to do it if they're obligated to, or maybe they had a free 30 minutes and I'm like, sure, I'll go on this little podcast. I don't mind. And it's no shade because it's the same with, with me as well. It's the same with a lot of people, but she, they're not going to promote your show. They're not going to share your um, Instagram posts. So they're not going to bring their audience to you. It's just going to help solidify you with your own audience, right? You still need them, but you don't necessarily need to have Beyonce guests on every episode. And then you have your Kelly guests, which has like a medium to large size audience. Like it's relatively large, larger than yours. And Kelly is still out there hustling, right? Like she has a big audience, but she still wants to do more. She's still pushing herself. She's still trying to get out there or he or whoever. They're still trying to get out there. So when the episode comes out or even before, they're going to share the behind the scenes. They're going to share links to your episode. They're going to repost your post. They're going to you know, promote it and they're going to bring their audience to you so that you are able to grow your audience through like-minded people, right? So Kelly guests are really, really good for growing, uh, growing your podcast audience and growing your brand in general. General. And then you have Michelle guests. Now, Michelle guests have little to no audience, right? But they have super impactful story or they're like super, super expert. And having them on your show is not going to help you to grow necessarily, but it's going to give you amazing content and it's going to help you get return listeners. So your listeners who are listening to your episode, they're going to come back because your content is so amazing. So for example, my mom, she was the first guest on my podcast. And people still tell me like, wow, that's what was one of my favorite episodes because her story was so impactful. She talked about how she went from like not having a degree to going back to college at like almost 40 with four kids and then now making over six figures. So her story was so impactful and she has like three people on Instagram. It's like me and my sister and my grandma that she's following, right? So, or that are following her. So uh, Michelle guests are still important to have, even though they have a small audience. 
So the formula for growth when it comes to podcasts is you want to have 60% Kelly guests, 20% Beyonce guests, and then 20% Michelle guests. And obviously it's going to change depending on who you're able to get on your show or what your goals are. But that's roughly what I would recommend for any of the uh, new podcasters out there. You know, I love a Beyonce reference. So I'm <laughs> that, like, got the Beyonce gif in my head where she's just dancing. So no, yes. love that. And the first time I saw that actually was in that podcast. Actually, let me open up. You're going to hear me opening my drawer right now because I literally okay. have it with me, guys. So I have the 2020 podcast planner in front of me. And that's the first place I had heard her use it like that. And I, and I say her, I'm talking about Lene. That's the first place <laughs> I heard you use it, Lene. And I was like, oh, I love how you explained that. Because in my mind, that was the important thing. I obviously didn't figure out how to put it to a Beyonce, Kelly, and Michelle type thing. But I knew when I did my podcast, I'm like, there are going to be guests who have a smaller audience, but they're going to provide so much value because the knowledge they can bring and their story mm -hmm. and just all of that. As I was doing it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, when I started, I was like, I want this type of guest. I want guests that have smaller audiences that can provide massive value. I want those who have similar audiences. And of course, I want those who have much larger audiences, but I had never figured out why I had it put like that in my head. But I'm like, I want to have a combination of a whole bunch of guests because also those with the small smaller audiences you're helping as well you're helping build their platform and they can mm -hmm. always send people back and all that but you're helping them as well and I think business period should be a give and take like they're coming on your yes. podcast and talking so you should be providing them some value as well so I always love to have the combination of all of it and when I read your Kelly Michelle and Beyonce thing I'm like oh yes love that <laughs> yes yes I love it and I the same thing you said where it's like I it kind of makes sense. But when I started to try to explain to people, hey, this is how you need to do it, I needed to come up with a more relatable example. And what's more relatable than Beyonce? I mean, come on. Come on. And it's <laughs> funny how you said it too. You're like, listen, it's charity, sis. And if you're yeah. hearing it, you shouldn't even put captions. So <laughs> exactly that one. Like you ain't getting nothing. Yeah. And you know, and some guests would, will not share, right? So yes. it's just understanding as well. The underlying intention behind having guests period are to provide massive value to the listener. So, yeah. you know, we always hope that they're going to share and you give them the things to share. But at the end of the day, it's like, listen, they are providing value by being on here. So I, but I love that example. Whenever Beyonce comes up, I get distracted. I'm like, yes, I like it because of this. But you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned two other things. You had mentioned the different, having three different ways to promote the podcast. And I remember, yeah. like I have an Instagram for the podcast. I never talk about it on here. So the Freedom Slay podcast is the Instagram link. And I do share occasionally like voice snippets, but I, and I, at one time I was beating myself up. I'm like, I need to be posting more on that page and more interactive on that page. And then I'm like, listen, you're doing that same stuff on your regular page. So I'm still, exactly. you know, coming on live and telling you about the podcast. I'm still doing mm -hmm. all those things on my one. So I would say you guys that are listening, don't feel overwhelmed by this information. Take it in and understand that you can still make it work for you. So, yes. you know, you have three different ways to promote. Maybe you tell them when you're in a, a room full of people and they're like, hey, what you been up to this weekend? Well, you know, I had a podcast episode. That's a terrible example, but at least that's one way. You yeah, can tell people that's one. They can tell a friend. Make sure they tell a friend and that friend tells a friend. But, you yeah. know, you creating that snippet's really helpful. I use Headliner. I don't know. What, what do you use? Yeah, I also use Headliner. Okay, cool. Yeah, I yeah. use Headliner. So that's, you guys may have seen that picture, that still image where it's it's the still image in the background and then it's that oh goodness I, the voice looking bar i guess that goes across where you can see when the person's talking 
And that's how you create the images with the voice in the background. And I remember, I'm only telling you, well, I'm not only telling you because listen, it was difficult when I was finding out where to use it. It was a few different options and headliner was the only one that worked. And I don't remember seeing that anywhere where podcasters were readily saying, this is what I'm using. I literally, what are things people use when putting out podcasts with words and I mean, with sound and yeah, same. I (laughs) I Googled the same thing. Listen, because we think alike, right? We think very similar in that aspect where it's like, listen, I, I'm going to figure this out, you know, come hell or high water, it's going to be figured out and I'm going to get it done. And because of that, I think it's important for you guys to understand, listen, use Headliner. We're we're giving you a free jam right there. So do you have any pet peeves in the podcasting world? Like what do you believe somebody should steer clear of doing? Trying to get everything perfect, taking out all the likes and ums and the snaps and like you are an indie podcaster. All of us are indie podcasters, right? Like we don't have this huge you know, production deal where we're, we're recording in a studio every day. You're recording in your house. Yeah. Okay. There's a baby crying for like a millisecond in the background. That's okay. Like don't throw the whole episode away. It's, it's okay. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Maybe there's a plane flying in the back. Like that's okay. Stop trying to make everything perfect because I think what happens is people either, either it happens and they're like, this isn't good enough. I'm not putting it out. Or they feel like they don't have the right equipment to start. Like they need like the, the pop mic thing, the little, wire thing that holds the mic up they think they need like a podcast sound system thing like go in your closet like i've loved seeing the pictures of you in your closet recording your podcast episode right because it's like yes that's all you need or it's like oh i need a new laptop or like it you know things are happening i'm not able to get my microphone so i'm not gonna start like stop trying to make everything perfect and so like i have the saying and i say like dmp which is like done not perfect because i want people to realize like the important thing is to get things done and not necessarily perfect them, right? So that's, I think my pet peeve is like people either making excuses about why they can't start or like just waiting and procrastinating because they want everything to be perfect. So good. So, so, so <laughs> good. And that's a big issue so many people have, whether it's the yeah. podcasting world or even just simply starting their business. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to do it, but I need this fancy thing first. I want to do it, but I need to learn how to do this first. How about you learn on the way? And it's definitely a pet peeve of mine as well. But I think that's because we're fast starters, right? We can figure out this is something we want and we move with it. And I get that a lot of people aren't like that, which is why I appreciate you saying, you know, don't try to be perfect because that's the underlying reason why people aren't moving forward and they're afraid of it not being yeah, perfect, right? They're afraid of, of sounding like not good. And, and I have to admit, like I thought about starting a podcast three years before I actually did it because I was scared that I wasn't going to, people wouldn't listen or it wouldn't work well. I don't know how to set it up or like, how do I do it without being in a student? So many things that caused me not to start, you know, because I was trying to be perfect. And then like three years later, finally, I was like, okay, cool. Like just put it out. I think my okay. first episode, I didn't even have a microphone yet. See, I didn't even know that story. So we aren't different. We aren't the same in that instance then because <laughs> I, listen, when you <laughs> Not told, in this instance, no. Not in this instance. I mean, so many similarities, but when you told me, you're like, listen, sis, just hurry up and just create a podcast. And at the time I was dragging my feet only because I'm like, I don't want to create a podcast. Not because I was afraid or anything like that. I had no intention of creating it but then when Lene because I respect Lene Lene and her opinion I'm like maybe I should consider it 
literally <laughs> a weekend. I ordered the stuff on Amazon. I didn't have a mic when I first recorded. I started using my headphone mic. And I talk about that in the first episode. But if you haven't yeah. listened to that, like the headphone set that comes with the old iPhone, not even, you know, your new, well, actually, I think they still have the string headphones. That's what I use. That has that mic attached to it. That is what I use for the first two, ep- first three episodes, sorry. So yeah. it's really about just starting with what you have. and. Yeah letting the rest of the crap go. Yeah, I agree. And I, I remember that. I remember you posted it on your Instagram and I was like, yes. And she was like, I don't have a mic. I created my logo myself, but the podcast is up. Here you go. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yes, that's exactly Listen, what. my cover art was canvases. It was like, yes. you know what? <laughs> and it's not that, look, I paid someone to do it and I'm like, I could do better. I actually got a yeah. refund because I'm like, nah, no, I, it was just a cheap fiber. I didn't go on, like I could have gotten a designer, but this is how much I just wanted to move, right? right. I want something, I'm in the momentum. I'm like, I'm just going to create this. And for me, it's important to know that once you, as long as you know you're providing some solid value, move yeah. forward with it, you know, no matter yeah. what that value looks like. Okay, I know a few months back, um, you had an issue with trademark infringement with the Glow Up podcast. And yes. it now became the gold standard. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Like what happened and what lessons have you gained from that experience? Because I remember that conversation. We were in WhatsApp, like, yes, w- like yeah. oh my God, help me come up with a new name. <laughs> so, so what happened was um, I was so the name was the the Glow Up podcast, and someone messaged me saying that they had trademarked the name. So you know, I I'm I not wanting to cause any problems, or whatever. The first thing I did was get a trademark lawyer and be like, hey, you know, what's what's the deal here? So as it turns out, this person had filed a, a trademark application under the term the Glow Up, and it was not rejected yet. Um, and so my trademark attorney, shout out to you, to Corey Davis, she was like. We can do two things. We can fight it and you'll probably will win. Um, or you can come up with a new name. So just taking it back a little bit, I always wanted to change the name of the podcast uh, from the glow up at some point because I felt like it was something that was cool for a time. Like I still love the name, but I think like four or five years from now is not going to resonate as well as it resonates today. And I wanted a name that was a bit more timeless but I wanted to be able to do it on my own time, right? And so it wasn't something that I wanted to just like quickly have to decide on. So when she told me, you know, um, you know, either we can fight it and you keep the name or, um, and then you change the name again in like three years, or we change the name now, either way, you're you're gonna have to pay me $3,000. So (laughs) it's like, okay, well, if it's gonna cause me the same to fight it as it is to do research on a new name, get that new name approved and potentially get another name as well. So I actually have two names trademarked, then I might as well just change the name because I'm gonna pay this money now to keep it. And then I'm gonna pay again in three years to change it. And so I decided to change the name to something that I felt like represented what I wanted to create as a brand beyond the podcast. And that's how the goal standard came about. So it's a mix of some of the names that uh, people in my community helped me to come up with in combination with what I think is a strong trademark. So just learning from uh, my trademark lawyer, things that are play on words are really strong trademarks because you're recreating something along with other things like uh, names that have like the same beginning three letters, right? Um, Or rhyming things, right? Or just like recreating a word in general. So I wanted something that had, I had a strong possibility of getting approved and I wanted something that I thought was timeless and represented what I want the the brand to be. And the gold standard I felt like really matched what I wanted because I, it's really about achieving your goals and going beyond what you've been told is, you know, 
success and creating an own, your own standard for what you want for your life, right? So I felt like it was the perfect name, but the transition was not easy. The, the glow up, that was my baby. Like I, I created the branding myself with the help of my sister, right? I did everything on my own. And it was the first time that I had like a successful business that was going in the right direction. At that point, I don't think I was matching my income every month, but it was, it was going there. Right. So I was like really excited about it. But then when I had to change the name, like sometimes I can't even scroll back to like the, the old branding. Cause it like, it hurts. Like I'm still in mourning a little bit, even though I love the new name and I love the direction we're going. It's just a little bit painful to have to give that up to someone else that I, you know, that I don't necessarily feel would win the challenge, but I just decided to just create something new to kind of move forward from the situation. So that's pretty much what happened. I think I learned a few things. The first thing is always trademark your names first before you even decide to use them. Number one. The second thing is it's okay to pivot. It's okay to change your brand. Um, One of the things I was concerned with was are people still going to want to work with me if I change my name? Like the glow up had such like a a community impact because everyone in a specific community understood what it means. Is the gold standard going to do that? And it was fine. You know what I mean? I just really was super transparent, which is another thing I've learned, right? Be transparent, open, and honest about the reason why you're changing. And it it helps people. Like I told you, I was like, you know, this happened to me, da, 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 da. go ahead and, and trademark your stuff. Like today, you know what I mean? And it helped so many other people message me like, oh, I'm going to go get my stuff trademarked right away. And I think in, in our community and in the black community, it's not something that we talk about in terms of like getting this done first. It's always like make money first or grow your brand first, but it's like secure your smarts first right? Secure the things that you came up with first. So that's definitely what I've learned. So I have another trademark actually kind of like in the back, just kind of waiting just in case I want to create something new. But yeah, that's, that's the story behind what happened. Oh man. And when you said that to me, when we were talking about it that day on WhatsApp, I actually reached out to Dominique Mm -hmm. and Dominique Price. I realized I didn't mention the full name, assuming that everybody would know. So Dominique Price is an attorney who does some awesome work with a lot of really big brands and she stopped working with big brands and started working with smaller brands so she's actually on an upcoming podcast and we've already recorded the podcast and it's all about protecting your smart so i can't wait for you to hear that one and got four trademarks done because it was something that was in the back of my mind but i wasn't giving it too much attention i was like yeah Mm -hmm. you know i'll focus on it in you know the next year 2020 or whatever and it just wasn't, it didn't have my main attention. And once then they gave me that story, I'm like, you know what, let me, this is my signal to get it going. And that's what I thought about when you were talking, when you are like, yeah, I didn't want it forever, but I knew I was going to change it, but I didn't know when. It was a similar situation. And it's when we mm-hmm. don't move where we're supposed to, or when we know it's something we have to do and we don't do the moving right away, circumstances make us move right away yes. you know they make us happen it yes. make us they make it happen so yes. i really appreciated that one thing i would say for those of you who are listening and even um, when i heard you say it Lene, about not being sure if people would you know have the same you still have the same community sis you got a personal brand right so yeah. well, it's a name so and just so you guys know it's the gold standard g-o-a-l because you may hear us talking i think it's gold but it's yeah. gold standard g-o-a-l <laughs> standard And it's a name, it's an amazing name. Both of them are awesome names for the podcast. But the reality is people are following because of Lene. That's not changing. So Mm -hmm. I often tell people, even with like, sometimes someone would change the color of the brand 
And it's one thing to be transparent where you're telling people like, obviously you want to share that story. It can impact people. It can be helpful, all that kind of stuff. Right. But as far mm -hmm. as, you know, explaining your way through, look, I'm changing because it's what needs to happen. Right. Yes, and people very, don't that's need, very true. You know, yeah. like people don't need to know or even care a lot of times when the brand changes. Does Coca-Cola tell us when they change the color, of the, not the color, they've always been red, but when they change the, the font of their stuff? No. You know, mm. these packages that now have that, fancy and they're not being transparent but a lot of these packages now have that um oh goodness what is it like that it looks rustic it's almost like a woody because they're trying to portray a natural a packaging even though yeah. the product itself is not natural and that's what i mean when i say it's not transparent but they change yeah. up those packages without telling you a dang thing right because they know <laughs> that people are coming in and they're looking for kellogg's they, they're looking for corn pops they don't care about whether corn pops you know logo changed or whether you know whatever changed the reality is they're coming for the underlying thing and mm -hmm. that's the important piece when you're mm -hmm. brand building you are especially with individuals you are the brand and even talking to renee on a previous podcast about her bonnets and stuff like that she's like initially she wasn't a she's not a personal brand but she realized that people are she needed that she needed people to connect with the individual people care about who the individuals are even for the big massive companies and because of that people are growing farther and farther away from caring about the product and packaging and all those things that they used to before and they care about the underlying pieces so mm -hmm. like just so you know if this well, actually i may share if the cover of my podcast changed only so if you see it on your screen you'll be able to recognize that it's different right but i'm not going to spend weeks upon weeks or even days explaining why or how it happened or all that stuff i'll give you one story let you know it changed just so you can find it because that's the important piece but at the end of the day if i know i'm providing you with value and it's something that you want and it's something that's important I know that it doesn't matter what the packaging mm. looks like, you know? Another quick point. No one cares what the packaging looks like if it's a service-based business is what I mean. And of course you wanna ensure that it's professional looking and all of that, and you, you want it to be its best version of itself. But what I mean is people aren't gonna be too concerned about the change of a logo or the color scheme or whatever if you briefly communicate it. With physical products, I mentioned the Kellogg's and stuff, people don't care if it changes, but they do care about the appearance of a physical product. So that's one of the really big differences between running a service-based business or having a physical product. And of course, there are many people who do both. So you have to pay attention to both of these things. But I find with service-based businesses in particular, we are overly focused on the physical appearance. Like people are worried about their logo and color scheme. I've talked about this before. Before even focusing on the real issue, which is solving a problem and providing value. In fact, even with physical-based businesses, that needs to be your first main traction of thought, right? How can you provide something that solves a problem for someone else? And then from there, you could focus on the aesthetics. And of course, Lene's situation is different because hers was a trademark issue. And because she works with people who are developing in their careers and starting businesses and doing podcasts and stuff, that's an important lesson that can benefit her audience. So she's going to want to share that, right? So you have to be smart about what it is that your business does and what it is that's important to share because not everything is going to benefit your audience and Lene understood that this thing was super important to share so good on her for catching that and sharing so important to share like that's transparency that's needed for sure yeah. like about the whole infringement but let's say that didn't happen let's say you just wanted to 
Well, yours was a name change and a, a cover change. So you still had to share that it was changing anyway. Yeah. So your name situation is different. But for those yeah. of you who were who were listening and maybe, because I hear this all too often, like someone would spend a whole post sharing that they're changing the logo or they change the color scheme. And I'm just like, nobody cares, you know? <laughs> it's just stuff the same, you know? But for podcasts, it's different yeah. because it's like you're scrolling through a podcast store, or in this case, Apple Podcasts. And as you're scrolling through, you might scroll right past it because her cover used to be pink and now it's turquoise, you know, yes. the, the thing. So it's like trying to find it. So that's the difference. Anyway, I went on attention just now. I just want you guys to listen, who are listening, I should say, to understand that you needn't do the most when you're changing yeah, up that, stuff, that, right? No, that's very, very true. Very you need true. It, like you need to do the most. You need to tell somebody that you're changing to a different font because you feel like it connects with them best. Or, you know, you used to use black and now you're using dark blue because, you know, somebody else you like is using black and you don't want to copy off them. Nobody cares about any of that. All they care about is if you're providing the same information, if it's changed, let them know how, if it's important, but move right along. Like don't spend days and weeks and months and, you know, explaining yourself. People don't care. So that's the point. Anyway, moving on. Oh, and to the thing we used to saying about pet peeves too, it's the same thing where it's, it's the perfectionist thing that's bothering people. So it's like, I need to let them know that it's changing, not because I messed up, but because this happened or because I wanted to look better. Like no one cares, really, mm -hmm. I promise you. So what are some of your goals for your business and the Girl Standard Podcast, Lene? That's a good question. So at the moment, we're working on expanding outside of just a podcast. So what my goal is, is to create, like I'm all about community, as you can tell. Um, so I want to create a community for women who are at that crossroad and at a point in their life where they're like, okay, I made it, quote unquote, made it into, you know, what society says success is. And I'm not happy. I want something different. Now what? Right. I want more flexibility. I want more freedom. I want to do something creative. I want to, you know, reach my goals. And so I'm creating a, a basically a resource center where women can come and get resources and that's a bunch of different things like master classes or you know tools and and tricks and and summits and all sorts of things where they can just grab what they need to help them on their journey to like change the trajectory of their life and live the life that they realize that they want now um, and so that's what's in the work. So we're expanding beyond just the podcast and creating a whole brand uh, around that in a community center. So I'm really excited about, you know, the direction that we're taking and how it's taking shape. We're at the beginning stages of this. And so just look out during the summer um, and also at the end of summer on what, what it becomes. And we might change the the branding again, just <laughs> because I always want to make sure that I'm matching up with what my audience wants. And because it's going to be more than a podcast, I just want to make sure that everything kind of fits with, um, you know, the target audience and, and just giving my community what they need. Yes, that sounds awesome. And I love, well, hearing you say community, I'm assuming when you're saying having the resources and stuff, you're going to be pulling these resources from others or are these just resources? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So I believe in community on two aspects. So I believe in community on the aspect of helping uh, women who want to do more with their life. But I also believe in community about like, 
I'm not going to teach about like quitting my job and, um, you know, start starting a business. I'm not going to do the cubicle digit Academy. So maybe Gainette can come on and talk all about all the steps that you need to take because my experience was like up and down, but maybe you could do that. I have a friend, uh, Larry L who is the host of a woman vision podcast and she's all about goal setting and she's all about getting your life together. Why not bring her on to teach my audience, you know, my community, what they need. So for me, it's about leveraging community on, on both levels and like just combining um, with dope people to create, uh, you know, an amazing opportunity for people to level up and for people to get exposure to a bigger audience. So yeah, and definitely. I love that. And I really love who your target market is where mm -hmm. it's that person who felt like they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. They felt like they ticked all the right boxes and then they tick them and they're like, WTF, we're not right. And yeah, exactly. it's like, you know, I got the degree, I went to school, I'm doing the job that is supposed to be, you know, the highlight of my life right now. And it's not. So mm -hmm. what can yes. I do different? So I love that. That's the audience that you're reaching because there's so many that can be, you know, impacted by what you have to offer. So awesome. And I have a story. I know this story. And it's funny that this has happened at this time. So I know you recently handed in your resignation letter. And yes, it's funny because. It's funny because when I was on your podcast, yes. when we were doing our interview, I had just handed mine in and I hadn't quit yet, but I knew by the time the podcast was live, I would have already been done. So it's yeah. funny that these are happening and now it's like going full circle where you've yes. handed in yours and you're ditching your cubicle. So it's well, your job, right? So it's so cool yes. that that's happened. So how does it feel now that you, you know, you've handed in that resignation letter? So first of all, I, I just want to say, I was thinking about that earlier today and I believe that your episode came out around the same time. So it's like, it's literally been full circle. Like, whereas I remember uh, talking to you about it. I'm just going to open up the link just to see, because it was episode 27. It came out April 2nd. So it's so weird that it's like a year ago, literally a year ago, we were talking about you quitting your job in that journey. And like a year later, I'm doing the same thing. And you really inspired me to let me know, like, obviously, you know, I have friends that have done this, but to see another Bermudian woman do something, you know, in the same circle was really inspiring to make me think like, okay, I can do this. Let me get my plan together. So that that's crazy. Um, but just in terms of like what it's been like, I've been ready to do this for like a year, like literally a whole year. So, um, and the reason why I stayed was because when I first started working at the company I work in, I was getting paid like junior level for doing senior level work because that's what I negotiated. That's what I asked for, right? And then like immediately after signing, I was like, oh, I should have asked for more. Um, and so my manager, he told me like, I can't give you more money, but I can give you shares. So they gave me like a bunch of shares and they were like, if you stay for three years, when you leave, you, you can get these shares, you can get them and then sell them. Right. And then that's like, you know, compensation for your low salary now. So those shares vested um, last month. And that's the reason why I have been here for this long was because before I left, I wanted to make sure that I, I like, it would have been very dumb for me to leave, uh, you know, in January. And I only had three months left in order to like get my shares. I kind of just stayed and pushed through, um, but I have been ready to leave for a very long time. And I think it happened when I started making more in my business consistently that I made in, in my salary. I just started getting annoyed. Like when I remember, I think I made like $7,000 in one day from a program that I had that I had run. And then I got an email and it was like, oh, can you check on this? And I'm like, no, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this job anymore. So it was 
it was really, really hard. I would say the last three or four months, just because I felt like it was, my job was actually holding me back from um, being able to kind of build what I wanted to build. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, I've just been kind of like ready for this moment. So uh, when this episode comes out, I will have kind of like a month under my belt. So it'll be interesting to see, to see when, what, what life will be like then. But I'm just ready to go. Um, one of the things that I'm super proud of is that I stayed not only for those, for the, those uh, stocks, but I stayed until I was able to earn consistently of the same or more than. Now, to be fair, I would have quit. I was going to quit even if I only earned enough to pay my bills. I was going to quit. But I was able to push myself to earn the same, if not more than what I'm making on a monthly basis. And I think that's one of the things that people get wrong is they focus a lot on savings. And yes, savings is important, but if you're not bringing in money consistently every month to, to cover your bills and to help you to maintain your lifestyle and help you to save, then you're really just going to end up spending all your savings, right? And then be stressed because money is just kind of going out. It's just consistently going out. So, you know, and you probably, I'm sure you talk about this in your program, I'm sure, but for me, it was really, it was more important to earn consistently every month in my business than it was to have a whole heap of savings, right? Oh, um, sure. So yeah, that's what it's been like. For sure. And even in this podcast, one of the first episodes, I think I always say the first, but it's like episode nine or something. But one of the, <laughs> those episodes, I had mentioned as well, the importance of making sure that you have that consistent income. Like you don't want to be jumping. It's funny because again, Renee, the bonnet girl who got, oh no, no, the bonnet girl, Renee got a million dollars in a year on Amazon selling her bonnets. But one of the things she said is like, yeah, I know that you have to jump out of the plane, but I want to make sure I have snacks along the way kind of thing. Yeah. But it's, you know, <laughs> it's important. It's important that you have that consistency. It's so important. And for me, I made sure, well, once I matched the income, that's when I knew it was a done deal, but I tripled the income before I ended up leaving, right? Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to prove to myself, not to anybody else, but prove to myself that I can do this and I could do this on a consistent basis. And it's because I did that, that it's been over a year now that I've been away from my full-time job and not one single half a second have I regretted it and not for one single second have I ever been worried that I wouldn't have money that month. But it's because mm -hmm. I did the work and I ensured that I created consistent income for myself before then. So, so important, I think, that we, we focus on that, you know, that you know, savings is helpful too. And in the program, for sure, in Cubicle Ditch Academy, we get into, we talk about savings for a very, very small piece of the piece of it. Like I give suggestions that can assist you to, you know, have money put aside and how you can put more money aside than normal. However, the majority of the time is on creating those multiple streams, how to ensure that you're creating those multiple streams and ensure that they're coming on a consistent basis and all the other pieces that are so important when you are leaving your job, more important mm -hmm. than what you have in the bank, right? Because yeah. you can have, even if you have a million dollars in the bank, and this may be a vast exaggeration, but let's say, okay, no, let's say what will make someone feel like relatively comfortable. Let's say a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank and you're like, okay, yeah, you know, maybe you were working a six figure job. You have a hundred thousand dollars saved after month three or so of you not making any income or as much income as you want, you're going to start panicking. And that trickles yes. into your sales and trickles into your messaging more. So people could tell when you're desperate. I say that all the time. So it changes things. So it's more important, like Lene said, to focus on that consistent stream. And it is funny that it was April. I thought it came out in May, but yeah, it was April that we had that conversation. It had to be, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. One thing I like to ask towards the end of every single podcast, and that is what does freedom mean to you? Yeah. So this, and this has changed from like 25 year old Lene to 30, 32 year old Lene. It has changed. Am I 32? Yeah. 32 year old Lene. I had to do the math in my head real quick. So I would say freedom back then. The reason why I wanted to start a business and everything was because I wanted the flexibility to work when I wanted to how I wanted to. And I just, I wanted to have more control over my day and over my life and over what I did. I wanted to work on cool and interesting projects and things like that. And I wanted to help my community and I wanted to do something that had to do with like being involved in community aspects. So freedom to me was literally just doing whatever I wanted to do at that time and being able to travel. I traveled a lot in my twenties, like being able to go where I wanted to. But I realized what happened was I compromised and I was able to find a job that would allow me to have that freedom. So I was doing what I wanted to and I was able to travel. But the 2020 Lene or the 32 year old Lene, I'm engaged, I'm about to start a family. And so for me, freedom is being able to be there for my family. Like I said, my fiance is, is in the military and so he has to get up and go and I have to be able to get up and go with him. So I need the freedom and the flexibility to cons- consistently earn money without having to start and quit a job, right? So freedom to me is being able to control what I do and be able to take care of my family. If like little stuff, like let's say he's at work and he's like, hey, I need you to go to the post office. I want to be able to get up and go to the post office. I don't want to have to go tell my manager like, oh, I need to go to the post office. Or like, let's say there's a girl's trip. I don't want to have to ask for vacation. I mean, to be honest, I don't think any millennial asks for vacation anymore, but that's besides the point. I just want to be able to, to do things. And if I want to go to the grocery store on a Monday at 11 a.m. in the morning, then that's what I do. And so freedom to me is having the, the flexibility to take care of my family and prioritize my family without having to give up my lifestyle because I'm earning income doing what I love at the same time. Beautiful. So, so beautiful. What you're really teaching is that our definitions of not just freedom, but even success evolves, right? Yeah. And it's something that's constantly changing. So I think that's beautiful. And you've dropped so many gems in this podcast. You let us know that, you know, perfection's for the birds. And I mean, I think we demonstrated that. I'm opening drawers here and, you know, you're hearing (laughs) all the things, right? Like, seriously, it's for the birds. Get up. If you're listening to this, and I know sometimes I come across a little hard, right? Or harsh, because I'm just like, listen, I have no time. Zero, 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 zero patience for people that are dragging their feet. Like, this is your life right? And Mm. that's why I'm like this, because to me, it's not even about me just being like, it's not like I lack empathy. I'm empathetic. However, I need you to understand that I can't take care of you if you aren't willing to take care of yourself. Like you have to be able to move through that fear of things not being perfect. You need to be able to move through that fear of worrying if someone's going to reject it. They will. I promise you they will. But you aren't going to be able to get to that first person saying yes if you don't move past those first couple rejections. So when yeah. I come on here, I know like some people are probably like, oh my goodness, she's just so either confident or, you know, she's so bold with it. But I do it because I need you guys to understand that you're not going to get it any other way. Like you have to put on for yourself and do the thing for yourself. So I love that you shared that perfection, you know, it's for the birds. You also were sharing, you you have to know your audience and you have to trace and track and analyze your data. So important. You spoke about the importance of community. I promise you guys, like I break every single rule if I know that it's going to be beneficial for you. I break every single rule if I know it means that 
I'm going to be able to help you in a greater way. Like community is everything. Community in the aspect of being surrounded by like-minded people, but also and uplifting other people, but also ensuring that you're helping your community, your audience to be able to get exactly what they need at the time, you know, what you're creating for them. So community matters. And it's important that you focus on the community. You don't focus too much of your attention, especially at the beginning on the monetization piece of it. You focus your attention on how you could best serve your community and what you can do for that community where that community is hanging out, how you can best the system. So I think I drilled that one. So then you also were sharing <laughs> the importance of having something that you can create at least 50 episodes with, right? You obviously yes. need more than that, but starting to at least be able to wrap your head around what can I create 50 episodes around so you know that's a good idea for you to begin. And then ensuring that you're validating that idea and consistency being key. Lene mentioned consistency so many times, so many times, and it's for a good reason, because you have to be able to share that value. And even, especially if you want to monetize, like how are you going to monetize if you're not putting stuff out to allow you to monetize? Mm -hmm. You have to be able to share that value on a consistent basis, no matter what that value looks like, because there are so many ways that you can provide value. You can provide a discount code, right? Maybe your entire podcast could be about how to get the best deals. You're not, you know, necessarily teaching them business or teaching them how to you know, level up in something, but you're still helping them in some way. You're still helping them if you're a comedian by providing comedic relief, providing entertainment, providing that escape. So ensuring that you're consistent with providing that value. And you were also talking about how monetization needn't be sponsorships, right? You had mm -hmm. affiliates, you had consultations you can do, you had merch, you had events, you had digital products. Like there's so many ways outside of sponsorships and not that sponsorships are wrong. You could definitely use it as an additional stream of revenue you know as long as it's aligned and ethical like don't just allow anybody in your space and to provide to that community you want to be able to keep that trust built with your audience so if you're someone who is talking to someone about business how skinny tea gonna help them you know when i see these instagram posts sometimes i just shake my head so it's important <laughs> that you're providing stuff that is valuable to your audience, something that you use, something that you trust, something that you love yourself if you are doing sponsorship. So things to keep in mind. And you just gave so many gems. So thank you again for being on the podcast and for dropping all that knowledge. Thank you so much. No, I loved it. And thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much. So there you have it. I hope you got a ton of value out of this podcast. It's my guess that you did because Lene dropped so many gems as it relates to starting a podcast, the things you need to do before you start a podcast, the things you need to do once you start a podcast and all things in between as far as it relates to the Beyonce guests and the Kelly Rowling guests and the Michelle Williams guests and all the things that go into that Destiny's Child template really for selecting your podcast podcast guests. Remember the 60, 40, I was going to say 60, 40, 40. That's 140 again, I think. <laughs> the 60, 20, 20. So hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. You listened all the way to the end. So I'm going to assume you did. And as promised, that link to Lene's free masterclass to help you get that podcast out of your head and into the ears of people streaming on Apple Music and Spotify and all the places, then make sure you click on that link below in the show notes that takes you to her free masterclass to teach you how to do just that. And if it's something you want to take to the next level, then apply for her paid course. I'm sure you will not regret it because Lene is amazing. I'll also be linking to her social handles and all the things below. Until next time. Okay, okay, I see you Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. 
listen if you haven't already do your sister a favor by heading on over to the itunes store to leave a review for the podcast it'll help others like you find a benefit from it and look it also helps with the rankings hashtag transparent af i appreciate you 